You're listening to the Centre Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message, recorded live from our Brighton campus. Well, good evening, everyone. It's great to see you. And uh, it's just it's fantastic to, to just be in community together tonight and worship God. And uh, <clears throat> thank you, worship team, for just leading us. And Chris, for doing all the multimedia stuff. I love it. And uh, it's such an effective way to just share what's going on and uh, and quickly, yes. And so we we uh, we want to definitely let everybody know what's going on, so that everybody feels connected. And so that's why we've gone this way, and and uh, it's working really well. So thanks, Chris. So that last video clip, and I'm going to show another video clip in a few moments, um, is touching and talking about the Beatitudes. And the Beatitudes were some of Jesus' famous statements that focus around this idea um, or word, blessed. And at the very end there it said, be, be blessed. And These eight statements in Matthew 5 were statements that, that were made early on in Jesus' ministry. I find it fascinating that that in in many ways, again, with Jesus stating these things early on in, early on in his ministry, is he he believed them and then he lived them out in his life. And in a few moments, we're gonna talk a little bit about how he lived some of these beatitudes out in his ministry. These statements spell out to us God's perspective of what a blessed life actually looks like. Makes it really clear what a blessed life looks like. When Jesus entered this world, he introduced uh, a new way of thinking. He, He introduced a new way to live. He introduced a way that was counterculture. Kind of going against the grain of, of our society. It was, and Chris chatted about this last week as well, it's this whole idea of an upside-down kingdom. The first will be last. It's better to give than receive. If you want to save your life, you'll lose it. But whoever finds his, sorry, but, but whoever loses his life will find it losing our lives in Christ, and we find it. Humility is what brings greatness. And look to serve, not to be served. You know, Jesus came, and he served humanity. And uh, I think very often we can fall into this, uh, into this place where we want to be served. But Jesus made it very clear that we're to, to go and to serve into love. Jesus introduced this idea that the blessed life looks, looks a little different than what we have grown to understand or would possibly prefer it to be. As followers of Christ, we need, we need to hear, I think, over and over again that, that, that we live in this upside down kingdom, that we, that we signed up to be a part of this upside down kingdom. We need to be reminded that, that we're actually aliens 
we're, we're strangers in this world. That our true citizenship is not, not here, but it's in heaven. And I think we, we often need to be made aware of that and be reminded of that because when we, when we realize and when we recognize and when we live in that place of our citizenship is in heaven, it, it really helps us to stay focused on what Jesus has called us and how he's called us to live. And, uh, I know with Kyle and I coming from Canada, uh, here, it's like our, our citizenship on earth is, is Canada. And so when we came here, we had to, we had to sort of learn some new words. We had to kind of live differently than maybe how we lived in Canada because we wanted to sort of, um, fit in to this new life that we're living. Um, we still want to be Canadian, but we, we, we want to just kind of like, fit into this the this new life that we're living here in the UK and um and I think sometimes um but as as followers of Christ we want to we want to make sure that we're not just fitting into culture and fitting into what's going on but we want to be living these principles and these teachings of Jesus and that doesn't mean that we that we just um not fit in in the sense of uh, how do we say this, Johnny? Not, we want to make sure that we're, that we're able to relate to people. We want to make sure that we're able to, to walk alongside people. But at the same time, we want to live, uh, live his principles. We're called to live by the principles of heaven. My desire for all of us is that our time here would count and that our time here would, would, would be used for God's glory. And um, this video speaks to this this uh, this idea of embracing heaven's principles on earth, and uh, it reminds us not to go after what the culture defines as the blessed life, but what Jesus declares the blessed life to be. And that's what I want to do: is to 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 live in such a way that Jesus sees that through my life, um, I'm able to be a blessing to others. I think that's a lot easier said than done at times, though. Um, I think if I was to be honest with you this evening, I think I would say Jesus' Jesus' teachings are simple, but they're not easy. I don't know. As I, as I read through them, it's like, yeah, yeah, that's, that's all right. I can, I can do that. But when we begin to live them out, I think it's a little bit tougher at times. There's there's certain parts of the scriptures or Jesus' teachings where um, I'd rather skip over them or possibly just look at them later. Um, but I know that to live the fullness that Jesus has for, for us, it's about embracing every single part of his teachings. And uh, it's when we embrace his teachings that we become transformed to be the Christ followers that he designed us to be. And at the end of the day, I think we want to make sure that, that, that we are more like Christ tomorrow than we are today. That's my goal, that's my heart, and that's my desire for all of us. And so as, as, uh, as we look at the Beatitudes together in the following weeks, 
I think we need to make it our prayer that, that we would, we would say, God, I need your strength. I need your grace. I need your mercy to help me live out these principles, to help me live out your teachings because on my own, I can't, I can't live them, but I need you to, to help me live these teachings because they are easy or they are, they are simple, but they're not easy. So for the, for the next few moments, we're going to look at verse 4 of chapter 5. And it's, blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. The same, the same statement was made in the book of Luke in chapter 6. But he, he used the words, blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. When I, when I read these statements from Jesus, I, I ask, some of these questions. Should I want to mourn? And if I do, what should it look like? Should I make it happen? Do I look for opportunities to mourn? Will it happen on its own? Should I mourn a couple of times a week, once a month, a few times a year? And maybe another thought is, does the comfort happen now or will it come later? So just like lots of different questions. And when I read through the scriptures, I, I like to ask myself questions. I like to kind of think it through like that. Um, not specifically like this all the time, but I, I ask questions. And I, I, that helps me just sort of digest what, what is maybe being said. I believe that in all of these questions, in some way or another, there is, there is some truth. And we discover this through the life of Christ modeling mourning for us. As good uh, thing knowing that his comfort is something that he promises us. So, so looking at the life of Christ, we see this modeling of mourning. So the first thing I wanted to, to share with you about Jesus was that he experienced personal loss. The story of Lazarus, Lazarus in Luke 11, verse 35, um, Jesus or I guess the two words that are, that are stated there is that Jesus wept. And I think many of us are familiar with the story of Lazarus, but it's like Jesus shows up, uh, to the tomb and Lazarus is dead and he's been in there four days. And, and in that moment, Jesus weeps. It's quite amazing that, that he did that. And yet, you know, this is like the shortest verse in the scriptures. And yet, it's, it oozes Jesus' humanness. It, it, he modeled to us in that moment sympathy and sorrow and pain. He, he modeled grief in that moment to us. It's like he, he, he shared with others that, that loss was something that, that, that was painful, that was not easy to, to, to work through. I believe many of us in this room can relate to what Jesus experienced that day. Many of us have experienced lost, loss. And yet, maybe more powerful than this is that, that Jesus re- relates to us. We can relate to Jesus in that moment when he was mourning for Lazarus, but yet Jesus relates to us. We know, we know in the story that Jesus, uh, turns the situation completely around by 
raising Lazarus from the grave. But prior to this moment, Jesus displayed a deep emotional and sympathetic love for you and others. He displayed that to us. I, um, well, I guess Kyle and I knew this, this young girl, um, a number of years ago. And, uh, she was in a, a terrible collision. And, um, I got this Facebook, uh, message to my phone. And I, I remember I was at the supermarket in, in Sylvan Lake and got this Facebook and it was her brother basically saying, pray. My sister's been in a horrible accident. And I, I remember just immediately, um, beginning to intercede for her and immediately just, just feeling this weight to just pray. And, um, she ended up passing away. And I, I believe that she passed away really on impact. And I think what I experienced that day when I was praying for her was, was more this, this sense that there was already loss, if that makes sense. And I remember the feeling. It, it, I, I don't think I've ever felt it before, but in that moment, I just felt the comfort of the Lord when I was experiencing this, this personal loss. Now, obviously, this personal loss had no comparison to what her mom and dad and brothers and, and family were feeling. But I felt this, this just, this, this loss in that moment, even though I was still like praying and believing that, that it would turn around. But in that, in that time, the comfort of the Lord was so strong. It was just like this, this beautiful moment that, that I would have never wished it happened and yet it happened and God was there. God wants to comfort us when we're mourning. Someone once said that grief isn't something you get over, but it's something you go through. It's something you don't get over, but it's something you go through. And, uh, another, I guess this, this one I was just thinking is loss isn't something that gets healed with time. Loss creates a new normal where your heart will be forever changed. You know, when we hear of loss, sometimes people say, yeah, just give it some time and it'll be okay. And I, I don't really believe that. I think, yes, there's healing and, and, and that takes place in somebody's life, but they'll, they'll never be normal in the sense of they'll never truly just get over that loss because it hurts. But in that hurt, in that mourning, there's the comfort of God, and He wants to be there with us in those times. Healing will happen, but it's, but it will not always be easy. Jesus experienced loss, and He promises to be with us through it. He promises partial comfort today, and perfect comfort to come. The reality is that life isn't always fair. And we will experience hardships. And we will experience personal loss. And Jesus comes along in those moments and he comforts us in those times of mourning. And there's blessing in that. And in those moments, we know that we can hang on to that truth that, that he's there for us now. But one day, 
in heaven we will have complete 100% comfort from the Father. So how does personal loss make us blessed? Most of the time I believe it's not for ourselves, but when we know, but when we know loss, when we've experienced loss, we are able to help someone else walk through their loss. And in that, the blessed life is experienced. When we experience pain, when we experience suffering, we're able to come alongside and comfort others that are experiencing loss, that are experiencing heartache. Jesus experienced loss and then he was able to to comfort others. And as I said, Jesus is able to comfort us now when we're experiencing loss. But we play a part in that. And Kyle and I were chatting uh, on Friday just after after work, and she reminded me of um, when the Boston bombings happened in, in 2013. Um, it was probably about a year later. Um, some of those that, that experience um, loss and just experience um, horrendous... Um, yeah, just experience horrendous things that day, I guess would be the best way to say it. Uh, one person said, I would never wish for this day again, but in the morning and pain of that day, I felt such comfort and support from humanity. And tonight we're talking about the comfort that, that God gives to us, but so often we're able to be a part of that comfort for other people through Christ. And... Um, and we don't wish for any of these things to happen. But when, when it does happen, when loss does happen, God promises to come, come alongside and comfort us. And that is such a blessing for each and every one of us, to be able to go through these things with him and with community. Jesus experienced total separation over our personal sin. In Luke 22:44 it says, "And being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground." Luke 22:44. The price that Christ paid for our freedom was never intended to to guilt us into living a Christ-centered life, but we should regularly remind ourselves that because of the cross and resurrection we have true life. The penalty Christ took upon himself for us should bring us to the place of absolute heartbreak. Not so that we can be a mess, but so we can, so that we are tuned in to his love. I believe it's healthy for us to remember the price that Christ paid for us. I believe it's not, it, it, we shouldn't just be, uh, walking around remembering so we're a, a complete mess, as I said. But I believe we should, we should walk in such a way that that is, is right there in the forefront. That we remember that what he did was for you and was for, was for me. And, uh, I remember a time, it was just after I gave my heart to the Lord. And, uh, so it was like 99, I think. And I, I had this moment. I was at a, at a church service and there was some, uh, worship time happening. 
And in that, that the day before, I was a, a part of a friend's wedding, and uh, and there was all sorts of stuff going on in that in that wedding, and uh, and God, in that moment of just worship, I just I fell to my knees, and I felt like He said to me, Julian, you have you have a couple of choices today. You can, and I guess the day before, I was thinking. Do I want to kind of go back to living this life or do I want to keep going and following Christ in the life that he has for me? And I had these two choices. And I remember just falling to my knees. And it was like in that moment, Christ showed me what he did on the cross for me. And in that moment, he showed me the life that I could live if I wanted to separate from him. And I remember just like, just feeling just this weightiness again of his presence and going, God, I know what I need to do. And I'll never forget that day because it just, it was such a, it was such a pivotal moment in my life, even after I had given my heart to the Lord, because it was, it was, you know, when you first give your heart to the Lord, there's choices that you have to make. How am I going to live? What am I going to do this time? And, and in that moment, it was just, it was so clear what I needed to do. And in that moment, I remembered what Christ had done for me. And I, I, I made a point that day to say, I don't want to ever lose that. I don't want to ever forget that. And it's like, so in that moment, it was like I mourned over my sinful life. And and in that moment, God brought his beautiful presence and comfort. And I'll never forget that day. When we are broken over our sin, we in a very, very, very small way begin to ever so slightly experience what Jesus willingly took upon himself. The posture of living is, this posture of living, of just being aware of our sinfulness and and thanking God for what he accomplished through his son on the cross is the blessed life. few more moments. So we touched on how Jesus experienced personal loss how Jesus felt the agony of personal sin. And now we will look at Jesus weeping over a city. In Luke 19.41, we read, As Jesus approached Jerusalem and saw the city, he wept over it. Jesus saw that the people were choosing to reject him. And his response was, was weeping. And this word means more than shedding a tear. It suggests lamentation, a wailing, the sob, and a cry of a soul in agony. God's heart breaks over the lostness of those in our city. Years ago as well, I make it sound like I'm, I, I'm not like feeling God's comfort in these last number of years, but it was a number of years ago that some really great things again happened and God was really doing some cool things in my life. But I was, uh, in the, in the States and I was at this, uh, meeting there and our team that I was a part of, um, took time in the afternoon when the meetings weren't going on to just pray. And, uh, in that one, 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 one day, I guess I, um, as we were praying, God began to show me a few different things. And uh, in this one particular moment, I began to see, and it's kind of graphic, but I began to see um, this, this picture of people 
sort of uh, hanging there in this limbo of either going to heaven or going to hell. And it was it was this moment of just like, again, I felt this pain and I felt this agony because it was like Jesus was showing me that that you have a responsibility to go out into your city and reach the lost because there's people that need to know me and there's people that I want to be going to heaven. I want, I want people to experience my love. I want people to, to know that I'm for them. I want people to know that I went to the cross and I did everything possible to see them in heaven. And I remember that moment. It just broke my heart and it just reminded me again of the importance of us being a people that would go into our cities and that we would mourn over the lost and that in that we would be comforted by God and that we would do what he's called us to do. See, there's blessing. The blessed life is when, is when we, when we experience personal loss and we allow God to come in comfort. There's blessing when we recognize that, that we're, that we, that we're sinful people and, but by God's grace we've been saved. There's blessing recognizing that. There's blessing when we are broken over a city that is lost and doesn't know Christ. When we, when we posture our hearts in such a way and say, God, I want my heart to beat as your heart beats. There, that's, that's living the blessed life. We need to be keenly aware of the temperature of our hearts for our city. I've been there where you just walk the streets sometimes and you're just so focused on getting from point A to point B. Or you're just focused on what's next. Or what your plans are for the evening. Or the movie that you're going to get to go see. And I'm all, I'm all okay with that. But at the same time, we need to, we need to walk our streets and I believe we should say, God, break my heart for what's going on. Make me keenly aware of what's going on in my city and, 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 and make me a person that, that will be focused on telling people about Christ. Jesus is weeping, uh, was a direct response of God's heart and our hearts should be a direct response of Jesus' heart. When we mourn over our, our city, we align our hearts with the heart of God, and the result is a blessed life. I think tonight the challenge, the challenge for us is to realign our thinking on what blessed means. And I think as we go through these eight statements that Jesus made, it's we want to reinforce over and over and over again this realigning that needs to take place of what the blessed life should look like or what the blessed life or how God wants us to live. It's not about the things that we acquire, right? Those are all great, but it's not about that. It's not about our earthly possessions. It's not about getting the perfect um, parking spot that was talked about last week. Though my wife, when she gets um, a really good parking spot, she calls it rock star parking. So that that's uh, that's a good one if you want to hang on to that. It's uh, it's not about getting a good bargain on some new clothes, 
though that's always a bonus. And it's not about getting a great deal at the supermarket. I, I really think that when these things are happening in our lives, it's, it's God simply providing for his kids. Because once again, if, if those things equaled a blessed life, then this, this evening again, I'm not blessed because I'm parked way up at Jusen's. And so is Pauline and Alan and a bunch of other, uh, other of us, right? So we want to make sure that we're, that we're in tune with what Christ calls the blessed life. The blessed life is aligning our lives with the heart of God and waking up each morning and saying, God, I want to just, I just want to do what matters to you today. I want to live out these beatitudes because that's what the blessed life is. Morning is, is okay because I know that in that there's comfort and, and that comfort is what we need and that comfort means we are with God. It's about mourning over the things that matter to God, knowing that in this present stage, life isn't always going to be fair. And that being blessed is living his principles, knowing his promises to be with us through it all, and then taking us from this life to the new life where we will no longer experience mourning or pain, but complete laughter, peace, and comfort with him. I think sometimes we could, instead of reading, blessed are those that mourn for they will be comforted, I think I think if we look at it sometimes, because I'll be honest, like sometimes I don't really want to mourn. Even though I've seen that it's a good idea to mourn. But I love the comfort of God. So it's like God comforts those who mourn. And I think that's what I want us to hang on to today. That, that when we, when we are experiencing mourning because of personal loss, we can know that He's there. But also that we should maybe choose to mourn sometimes by weeping over our city, by weeping over our sin, because that's when we get a fresh perspective of what really matters in life. And he's able, and in that, he comforts us. In those times that seem horrible, he can be right with us if we choose to allow him to comfort us. I think there's balance to this message. Um, because I don't want us to leave here thinking, I just need to mourn now all the time. Because if you're doing that and you're just walking around looking miserable, I don't know if that's going to be a good idea. I believe that, that, that we need to, that joy in a sense, um, trumps in some seasons over mourning. That principle of joy is really, really important as well. So there needs to be balance. We want to, we want to mourn because we know there's comfort in that, but we also want to live this life in our community and outside in our city where we, where we are people of joy, where we are people of, that are attractive because of the presence of God in our lives. And I think if we all we do is mourn the whole time, people will think, I don't know if I want anything to do with that. But when we're able to be a people that live joyful lives, full lives because of Christ, I think people are attracted to that. I guess Psalm 34:18 sometimes wraps it up so beautifully and it's uh the Lord is close to the brokenhearted. I mean, how many times have we hung on to that scripture 
at different times in our lives, that the Lord is close to the brokenhearted. I think he's always with us. But when we're broken, there is just such a tangible presence of God with us because he knows that we need it. And um, and so let's align our hearts with God's heart. And let's be a people that that say, yeah, you know what, I'm okay with mourning. Because to be honest, as I said earlier, there's some things that I like to skip over and there's some some things that I think I'll just look at later. Sometimes the Beatitudes, there's a few of them that, that I really enjoy, like those that hunger and thirst for righteousness. It's like, oh yeah, I'm good, let's do that one. But the one that says those who, the mourning one, I'm kind of like, ah, I'll just leave that one alone for now. But I love his comfort. And so I know for myself, I'm going to choose to to embrace this example that Christ left for us of, of just being a people that, that mourn over our cities, that mourn over our personal sin, and uh, that come alongside people that are experiencing personal loss. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast at Centre Church. One church, passionately loving God and people, in Burgess Hill and Brighton. To get the latest news, or for any other information, check out our website at www.centrechurch.uk.